Welcome to my Japanese Green Tea Podcast, the Green Tea Show with a Japanese Twist. And now your host, Ricardo Caicedo. Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of my Japanese Green Tea Podcast. Today's guest is Ian Chan and he's the founder of Unomias, which is an online store specializing in Japanese teas. Uh, so Ian, why don't you tell me something about Unomias? Uh, yes, thank you for having me, Ricardo. Um, I am uh, based here in Japan. Um, we have a team of three people. Uh, one of them is a certified Japanese tea instructor. Um, I myself have been involved in the tea industry for three years now, uh, primarily helping Japanese tea farmers um, as a consultant. Um, we founded Unomias because uh, one of the Japanese tea farmers has made it their mission to help other farmers um, expand their business abroad. Um, and to do so, he's been helping me out um, with um, trying to help other farmers. Um, well, we started to help a couple of farms out. Uh, we realized that in order to help the thousands of farmers out there, the, the best, most efficient way to do that is to establish a kind of distributorship. Um, so Unomius is an online store um, focusing on um, suppliers um, rather than the products itself. Um, so we promote both the products as well as the suppliers so that people can get to know the suppliers who they're buying from. Um, so Unomias itself is dedicated to helping Japanese companies, um, manufacturers, as well as retailers and specialists and experts um, in the field um, get their products out into the global marketplace. So it's more like a platform for the suppliers? It could be a platform if the suppliers were utilizing the platform themselves. Um, and that was a strong consideration when we thought about starting the company. Um, however, uh, many of these suppliers are have a number of obstacles to utilizing an IT platform. Um, some of them, including a, a tea can manufacturer, they don't even use email. Um, <laughs> and the farmers themselves are obviously they're very busy farming um, with farm work. So even though you know most of them have uh, cell phones and most of them have smartphones now as well, not most of them. Some of them have smartphones. Um, they don't respond. They're well. They're busy farming. Um, the second major major problem is the language barrier. Um, they don't speak English, and uh, not speaking English puts a lot of uh, makes them very afraid of doing business with people outside of Japan. Um, yeah. Even though they can probably hire a translator um, pretty easily, um, it's just a, a psychological barrier that's hard to overcome. And third is that there are actually a lot of uh, difficulties in shipping the logistics side of uh, exporting tea to another country. And so that is why you have uh, specialists who are exporters and importers um, in different countries to to smooth those logistics along. Um, we have been building um, both contacts and we have been building um, expertise in international shipment and logistics uh, so that we can provide that to the farmers. And being um, a staff of bilingual, uh, three bilingual people, uh, we can also deal with the linguistic problems uh, that occur in communication. So in the end, uh, 
by helping the farmers out to utilize the platform, we're basically doing everything for them. Um, so you could say that it's a platform. You can also say that it's just an online store. Um, so they, we purchase from the farmers to make it easy from them for them. Um, they send it to us. Uh, they send their supply to us, and then we sell it for them. If I order, you do the shipment from the U.S.? I or do the shipment it, it goes Japan. to Japan, uh, from Japan? Yes. I, I, we are based in Tokyo. We're a Japanese company. Um, yeah. I'm originally from the U.S., however, you know, I'm living in Japan, and we started this as a Japanese company. So the farmers, the farmers as well as tea, other tea suppliers, um, they ship their products to us, and we aggreg aggregate the shipments for customers so that you have one shipment from multiple suppliers instead of having um, multiple separate shipments. Um, by doing so, we hope that it will help you save money on shipping, for one thing, um, but also that we can um, help uh, better serve our customers um, in terms of you know keeping track of the supply, keeping track of the order, uh, making sure that the order is correct, making sure that the orders go out. Um, and what we have experienced in the past when, while we were a consultant for Japanese tea farms was that um, because uh, the international shipments is only a small percentage of their entire shipping um, shipping logistics uh, it's easy for for mistakes to occur um, because uh, they are not used to um, dealing with international shipments so they it it we hope that this is this um, I guess you would say it's more like a, of a wholesale company a wholesale and retail company would will be able to facilitate and make it much easier and much more efficient to uh, um, get um, high-quality Japanese tea from Japan. And at a lower uh, shipping price? At a lower shipping price, yes. Um, most companies, if they ship abroad, they will ship only by express mail service, um, which allows them to you know, guarantee their shipment. Um, there's insurance as well as uh, there is a tracking number that comes with it. Um, however, there are other forms of you know, postal mail that are cheaper, um, sometimes much cheaper than internet, uh, express airmail, especially for small packages. Um, and for most countries, um, well, for most of our major markets at least, uh, there is quite a uh, loss or damage to the, to the, to the packages. So even if it's shipped without insurance or tracking, which means that there's no guarantee that it will get to the customer, um, we've had a success rate or a loss rate of uh, less than 1%. Um, so uh, in, in, in our experience in helping uh, farmers out before, um, I think we've only had maybe w one or two shipments that were actually lost, and so we can easily replace them. Um, and the most often... Most often, the problems with um, shipments not arriving to customers is that uh, they actually ship it by express mail, um, but they they it doesn't they're not there at their residence or their their store to pick it up, um, and then it goes back to the post office, and the notice that the shipment has arrived gets lost somewhere, and then the shipment comes <laughs> back to us. So it's actually um, we've had maybe four or five shipments um, that were sent express mail that came back to us because because of that reason.
um, just you know, the communication between the post office and the customer uh, in that country. Mm, so see. by doing this, we can, you know, people can ship their products, um, economy airmail, for example. Um, not all products are available for economy airmail, especially if they um, are the very high quality teas. We don't recommend you to send uh, ship it by economy airmail because um, it spends a long time in the shipping process. Um, but for you know a lot of other products, um, economy airmail can be very uh, cost efficient to ship a product. Okay, that is good to know because like sometimes people say no, nah, but if they're gonna ship it from Japan, th there's like a risk involved, and I feel better if I'm gonna buy it from somewhere closer. But yes, it appears that. Um, and and I do recommend that you buy. Well, you know, I do want you to buy tea from us, obviously, but uh, I do recommend that you buy it, uh, buy things um, uh, close to you um, from a tea store near you, because after all, tea store near you will be able to um, give you samples, will be able to talk to you directly about uh, the tea and teach you about the tea. So uh, there's actually a lot of reasons um, why you should you should buy from your local tea store, um, and in that sense, you know, we are. Our primary customers are not individuals, but uh, tea stores themselves. Um, because oh, I see you do a wholesale. Yes, we do wholesale. It's available retail, but um, if you look at our website, you can see that the prices are invisible until you log in. Um, you need to be registered and log in to see the prices, and we do that in order to protect um, or help the the tea store tea shops themselves. Um, they have, you know, obviously they have high um, administrative costs, uh, overhead costs um, in running an actual tea shop. So uh, we'd like to be able to give them the option of pricing the teas um, appropriately to their actual costs um, rather than uh, pricing the teas according to what, the, what they are priced here in Japan. Um, so, um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, Individuals who are willing to um, ship directly from Japan and are willing to take that risk and uh, time that's involved in shipping, um, you know, they can register and purchase from the website as well. Um, and everybody gets a discount somehow. <laughs> that's great. So let, let's talk about your your teas. Sure. I'm interested in the in the shincha because it's it's not it's not easy to buy shincha like normally. Mm, yeah. Um, one of the reasons why it's not easy to buy shincha is that it is, you know, very expensive. Um, it can be very expensive. It is also, well, because it's expensive, um, there's a big risk for uh, importers or retailers to carry it. Um, you know, the inventory risk that they have in, in you know, taking the, well, taking the risk to carry, you know, a certain amount of high quality tea and not knowing whether they're they can actually sell it is kind of um, difficult for them. Um, for us, however, because we're based here in Japan and you know Shincha is all around us, um, it's pretty easy for us. There's a uh, very low risk involved in carrying the, these products. Um, the Shincha, you know, if you don't know what Shincha is, um, it is basically it means new tea. Um, it is the tea that is produced. Um, in the spring, um, between depending on the farmer, who the farmer is and where they're located, between April and June, um, and as the new tea, as new tea, as the new tea leaves um, come out, they are 
the softest that uh, tea leaves can be. Um, so you pick only the, the very freshest or the very newest leaves that come off of the plant in the springtime. And those teas form um, a very, very delicate um, Japanese tea. Um, sencha, gyokuro, other types of tea that are made with shincha tend to be very, very delicate and the taste tends to change quite a lot um, when depending on the amount of water you use or the water temperature that you use or the time that you steep it with. If the shincha isn't sold, how long can it stay fresh until it's no longer um, um, no longer considered shincha or is, still, is it still shincha all the way? Well, yeah, it's, it's, well, basically, Shincha is a time, um, it's based on a time, right? Um, any, any Sencha that is uh, harvested and processed in the springtime is a Shincha. Uh, basically, it just means new tea. Um, it, you know, so it's a, you, you label it Shincha because uh, that's when it was picked. Um, so but, any, but let's say a year later passes, right. is it still Shincha? Right. Um, yes, well, it depends. You can still call it shincha, yes. Um, it's because it's the quality that uh, is associated with the term. Uh, so, so it's the time of harvest, but it's not like year 2013, right? Um, so what happens is that um, most of the time, the shincha is, is pretty limited in quantity, so it does sell out um, uh, usually. Um, but if you store it correctly and Storing it correctly generally means um, having it in a um, a, air, a temperature controlled okay. warehouse, um, and which the farmers usually have, um, farmers and wholesalers here in Japan have, um, and you can store the tea for for quite a long time. Uh, a year after a year after um, you have harvested and processed the tea, if you haven't sold it, um, the storage. By storing it for a long time, it preserves the quality. But what actually happens is that there's, it's not imp I, there is no, uh, there is some amount of degradation of the tea. Um, but because it's stored at a controlled temperature, um, the degradation of the tea um, occurs in a way that actually reduces the bitterness in the tea, which, in terms of high quality senchas, is something that you, uh, you is something that is actually desired. Um, oh, so I see. That, that's have, like the kuradashi in Gyokuro, right? That's exactly what kuradashi is. Um, kuradashi is means that they've taken it out of the warehouse, um, which means that it has been in the warehouse for a long time. Um, and this is a tradition that has been around for like 400 years or so. Um, there's a story that says that um, the very first shogun of Japan, um, you know, that's one of his favorite teas was the kuradashi uh, sencha. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tradition. It's not just a marketing technique that people have come up with. Um, and it's something that is done on purpose um, by some people. Um, uh, for other farmers, it just happens that they didn't sell uh, their products, so it becomes kuradashi. Um, but the, the, fact that, the fact is that it does have a certain kind of um, roundness to the taste of the tea. Uh, that mm -hmm. occurs because it's not as bitter anymore. Yeah, interesting. So that, that's something a, people a, don't, don't really know. Right. There's actually a, something that also that people don't really know is that um, the best, the very very best matcha is also uh, uses utilizes this type of kuradashi technique. 
um, before the matcha is processed um, or is grinded into powder, um, it's called tencha. It's, uh, these tea leaves are um, shaded for four weeks. Um, but what's really not told is that the very, very best matcha, the tencha leaves have been sitting in their uh, warehouses for about six months before they're ground into matcha. So that allows the, the leaves themselves to reduce, allows the farmers to reduce the bitterness in the leaf so that you get a very, very sweet, um, well, you don't get a very sweet matcha because obviously you're eating the entire leaf. Um, so it, is, it does still remain bitter, but not as bitter as it would be if you were to make it um, just after you harvested it. So I that's see. a kind of a industry, kind of a secret that... Um, trade secret. Trade secret, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's it's not un it's not un it's not well known in Japan either, um, but it's something that you know people uh, who know matcha know about. Um, but I don't see it very much in at least in the English language. This inf this type of information. Um, so we we do we definitely do want to make the type of information that's available in Japan uh, translated and teach the world about Japanese tea. Cool. Mm -hmm. And about black tea, uh, I'm, I'm not really a fan of black tea, but okay. the <laughs> Japanese black tea is, is interesting because it's Japanese. Yeah. Well, um, when you're going to drink it, do you add sugar and milk and all that, or do, do the Japanese just drink it straight like green tea? So Japanese black tea is a pretty something that's pretty new um, because in Japan... The population, well, consumers in Japan are not drinking as much green tea um, as they used to, unfortunately. Um, black tea is becoming more popular. So um, farmers have been learning how to make black tea. Um, but black tea made from Japanese tea leaves, uh, which is you know, most of the Japanese tea leaves or the, the cultivars um, that are used in tea production in Japan are made for sencha. Uh, which means um, they it doesn't the tea when it's processed into black tea doesn't come out as strong as tea from India, for example. Um, so that we do recommend that you drink it, or it is uh, more it is very drinkable as um, without without sugar or milk. Um, so it's basically it's made to accompany a Japanese cuisine where uh, you have. Um, food that is a little bit salty um, so that you want something that's refreshing like a tea a drink that is uh, refreshing to wash away the saltiness um, so when you drink black tea Japanese black tea uh, there's not really too much point in in sweetening it um, because the tea itself is very light um, but of course you know you're free to do whatever you want um, <laughs> according to your your preference obviously yeah. Mm -hmm. And so also you have tisans and they are they are um J Japanese traditional tisans or are they like new Yes. Um we we really want to um explore and promote more Japanese tisans um because they are there a lot of these tisans have been around for many 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 years. Um one of the ones that I'm trying to promote right now is from a um, is from northern Japan by a manufacturer or a tea brand 
um, a guy named Sato Norifumi, and he actually lost his business and his home in the tsunami of 2011, um, and restarted with a with a mulberry leaf tea brand. Um, and you know, I've, I had never heard about mulberry leaf until I met um, Sato San, uh, but apparently it's been around since the tea was first introduced into Japan. Um, so it's been around for many, many hundreds of years. Um, it's just not very well known um, in both Japan as well as outside of Japan. Um, but there are dozens and dozens of these um, types of tea zanes or herbal teas um, in Japan that is, a lot of them is very, they're promoted for various health benefits, obviously. Um, but a lot of them are very good, too. Um, and I, I would love for the world to know about them. So we're, we haven't actually gotten into looking for too many suppliers yet. Um, but that's something that we plan to do in the near future. Okay. And, and how's the shipments going? Are you shipping internationally, like, continuously? Or is, yes. is it just start, starting to... Um, yes, we are shipping continuously. Um, I have a couple of shipments to make today. Um, and we've been shipping to primarily America and Europe. Um, we haven't had too many orders from other places around the world except maybe Australia. Um, but we will ship to everywhere um, that the post office ships to. Um, including Which is basically anywhere, basically right? anywhere, yes, yeah. Um, except maybe like, uh -huh. I don't know, North Korea and... Uh, Something like that, uh, right? Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> maybe not North Korea. <laughs> um, but basically everywhere in the world. Um, it is definitely more expensive to ship to South America and Africa, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that's what I found out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but um, we do ship to everywhere um, that the post office ships to. Um, you know, there are, we don't know, we don't know, um, all the details of you know customs regulations in every single country around the world, um, but most countries, at least most non-tea producing countries, do not have uh, a import tax on at least unflavored teas. Um, so you don't have you don't really have to worry about import taxes. But um, if you're in Europe, for example, you do have there may be a chance that uh, your ship may get stuck in customs, and you might have to. Um, talk to them and tell them that, you know, this is not, this is, you know, tea and not some kind of weird, weird thing from <laughs> Japan. Um, uh, so that, that type of thing happens. Um, basically, when we sell to somebody outside of Japan, you are importing it personally. Um, so you become an, a personal importer. Um, and so there is, there may be some difficulty. You, you should probably check with your post office in your country just in case. Um, if you're worried, um, but otherwise, we will do our best to help you out if there is any trouble. Okay, but in the U.S. and Europe, like most of the time, nothing happens. People get their yep. package, and that's it. Most of the time, nothing happens. Um, <laughs> we'll just get their package. Um, yeah, obviously, if you don't ship express, it does take a little bit of a uh, little bit of time, one to two weeks. Um, so. You know, if you can't wait that long, then ship it express. Um, express airmail usually takes maybe three to five days. Um, and that's after we, we um, send it. Um, so occasionally, if we are out of stock, we try to keep a minimum level of stock um, at our office. 
um, because obviously the, the farmers themselves have the better facilities to store the tea, to keep it fresh. Um, so if we are out of stock, it may take a week to, to get it from the farmer. Um, if you are a tea company that is listening to this podcast, then um, you know, we, I recommend you contact me personally and to discuss your needs um, because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of interesting things that are going on in the tea industry here in Japan right now um, that you know, can make it make much easier to sell um, the Japanese tea outside of Japan. About your personal favorite tea, what, what would it be? <laughs> um, I would have it would have to be Gyokuro definitely. Um, I mean, one one of probably one of the reasons why I am in this business is because I get to I get to drink Gyokuro. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> for free, delicious. Well, not for free, <laughs> but um, yeah, you you get samples all the time, or no? Yeah, yeah, that that too. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. But um, yeah, it's, it's Gyokuro is definitely. Um, very good. I actually just had a very, very, very rare tea yesterday called Goishicha. Really? Um, Goishicha is from... Ah, uh, yeah. Have you heard go, of it? Go, yeah. Is it like like a pur? Is it kind of fermented? Yes, yes. It's very much like a pur, um, fermented and packed into like cake-like slices. Cake? Cakes, yeah. Um, it's They're unrolled tea leaves, um, so you get, you know, Basically, if you're stacking tea leaves on top of each other and then you ferment them so that they stick together into cakes, and that's what goishicha is. It's a little bit, a little bit sour, um, but but quite delicious. Uh, kind of reminds me of a soup almost. But but that's not included in in the online store, or is it? Not yet. Um, Maybe but, next. But it would be it would be good because I've seen the website and and there's. There are some like rare teas. Yes, like, there are. Maybe in Japan they're not rare, but outside, like yep. the Kyobancha. The Kyobancha, uh, yes. There, yeah. you know, and a lot of these teas are not necessarily expensive either. Um, they're just they're just not so common. Um, so I have a there is one section on the website. Um, I haven't made it too noticeable yet, but it's called rare for rare but reasonable. Um, and so we have a lot of, uh, we're searching out for a lot of reasonably priced teas, but teas that are not often found on the market. Um, so Kyobancha is one of them. Um, we hope to put this Goishicha there as well, which may be a little bit more expensive, but um, for a rare <laughs> tea, it's not, um, it's, it's not too, too bad. Um, we also want to be able to you know, present people who are willing to ship from another country um, there's there's quite a bit of you know courage that's involved in shipping all the way from another country. So we want to reward we reward these people by giving them prices that are are not you know huge markups off of uh, the original price. Um, obviously, the risk um, that tea retailers take in importing um, justifies a high price for their for their uh, that they sell at. Uh, but since the risk is taken by the consumer themselves when they purchase directly from us, um, you know they should be able to get it at a decent price. Um, so that's one of our you know our goals as well to to be able to purchase tea at you know Japanese prices um, or price levels at least. 
Yeah, it's a good idea because that that way people like get to know the Japanese tea is better. Right. You know, if you can't buy it, then you can't get to know it. <laughs> so this is、um, now I want to talk about、uh, the Yunomi. Yes. Like the, it goes、Yunomius. with the name of of the online site. Yes.、Uh, There, there's one at the end because I, I, I want to buy the smaller cups for Gyokuru.、Mm-hmm. And at the end, there's one that says、uh, Guinomi. Yes. Is that how you pronounce it? That's how you pronounce it, yes. Okay. I, I heard of Guinomi before, but, but it, it involved sake. Like yes. The... Guinomi. Is that, is... is that for sake or, or it also works for Gyokuru? It, it definitely works for both.、Um, Guinomi is the shape, or not the shape, but the size of the cup.、Um, not necessarily a cup for sake or a cup for tea, but it's a smaller size cup that allows a size that's small enough that you can drink everything at one, one, one gulp,、um, like a shot glass, basically. And that's what Guinomi is.、Um, you want to guitonomu, which means to drink it very fast.、Yeah. Um, Um, so, in terms of gyokuro, you, when you steep gyokuro, as you know,、uh, you steep it with a small amount of water、um, to make it a very concentrated tea、um, at a low temperature.、Um, so, because it's a small amount of water, you, you know, it doesn't make sense for you to put it in a, a huge cup.、Um, so, that's why <laughs> guinomi <laughs> gui、um, cups are used for gyokuro. Is the standard name for the gyokuro cup called guinomi? Yes, yes.、Um, if you look at any catalog for, a, for teaware, then、um, the Guinomi section is primarily made for, for,、um, for Gyokuros.、Oh, also, in, yep, yep. So、um, you don't, I think if you say Ochoko,、um, that's more specifically a situation where you're talking about sake, yes. Mm, yeah,、um, so、the choco have, and the tokkuri. Yeah, the choco and the tokkuri go together. And,、um, <laughs> but you know, if, you, if you call it a guinomi and you, you have a guinomi with what's、uh, called a hohin,、um, a kyusu is a teapot.、Um, a hohin is a teapot that's kind of like a Chinese gaiwan,、um, where you often don't have a mesh that separates the tea.、Um, Uh, separates out the tea leaves, although I, I tend to use one that does have a mesh.、Um, but、um, they're smaller teapots、um, made for、uh, brewing a very small amount of tea,、uh, which is basically gyokuro. Yeah, the hohin and the shibori dashi, like sometimes、yes, the it, they look like they're the same. It's kind of confusing. <laughs> but, 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 but you don't sell any of those. How come?、Um, Because they are very large catalogs and they take a long time to、um, input into the system. But we have, you know, we have,、um, we have talked to several, we don't talk to the whole, to the manu- most of the time we don't talk to the manufacturers or rather the,、um, the artisans、uh, directly themselves.、Um, because、uh, even more than tea farmers, the artisans are primarily more interested in making their products and getting somebody else to sell them for them. Uh, so, we deal with、uh, wholesalers who are, or per, for example, a cooperative, a trade cooperatives、um, who sell the teaware for them. And they have, they have these catalogs that are huge.、Um, I'm looking at this one from Kutani,、um, Kutani Yaki, and it is 300 pages. 
uh, <laughs> of T-Wear. Um, so uh, we don't sell it mainly just because we just started um, and we, ha we haven't had the time yet to upload mm, these products. But, but you will. Website. But we definitely will. Um, okay. Because a lot of these, a lot of these companies are too small, and they're based in areas in Japan where there are not a lot of access to people who can speak English or any other language. Um, they are very willing to um, talk to us and allow us to sell their products um, uh, without having to carry entire inventory. Um, obviously, they want us to buy 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 a certain amount. Um, so. Um, but you know they have large catalogs um, that we can have access to and give um, people around the world access to as well. Um, so that's something that we hope to do uh, in the near future. Uh, we'll probably start off by by picking and choosing um, uh, different types of teapots and teaware uh, to list on the website, just because we want to know what we're selling. Um, but hopefully, we'll increase our offering uh, very soon. So a lot of pretty things that are out there. Yeah, that's exciting. But they're not—they're uh, not cheap, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just to warn you, these uh, these are very—they're—they're they're really, really beautiful and very, very well-made teapots and teaware. Um, but the the other side of that is that they're not cheap as well. Um, I guess Japanese people are used to spending, you know, fifty fifty dollars on a teapot or even more. Um, so. The prices in Japan are high, um, but labor cost in Japan is also high. So, um, unfortunately, it's it's you you have you pay for what you get, but you do have to pay for it. But, but you get a really a work of art. A work of art, yes. Um, I a lot of these things you just want to display and not actually use. <laughs> so we we haven't talked about like the. Could you tell me the actual address of the? Of your website? Uh, it's you know me, you know me dot us, uh, y o u. Oh, I'm sorry, not y o u, y u n o m i dot us. Um, it's actually I realized the reason why I chose you know me. Well, not only because it's a, a word related to uh, used in the tea industry here, but um, it's also kind of a, a joke. It's a play on words. Um, you know me, I like tea. So, mm. uh, oh, I see. But I, let's not talk about that too much. It's a little <laughs> embarrassing. But <laughs> and how about the um, like in social media? What, what's your Facebook page, um, Twitter? Uh, if you search for if you search on both Facebook and Twitter, um, you can find uh, for you know me us. You'll be able to find us. Hopefully. Okay, so so let's wrap it up because it's more than half an hour. Okay, sure. Um. What else did I want to ask? Um, th there's also the, the wholesale also applies if you're like a club or yes, so. if you are. I'd like to be able to provide wholesale rates to anybody who's distributing tea. Um, so that's primarily tea businesses. But if you are also distributing as a tea club, uh, then we're willing to give you wholesale rates as well. Um, the major purpose is to you know, expand the number of people, increase the number of people around the world who drink Japanese tea. So, um, you know, if you are, you know, just planning on distributing the tea to your membership, um, please definitely contact us for um, access to a wholesale account. 
That's that's awesome. I, I think maybe you're the only company that does that. Really? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard something about for clubs and stuff. Well, I mean, it, they should. I mean, it's they're basically the same as um, tea business stores. Um, they are you know, buying a large quantity and selling, um, distributing it to you know their customers or their members. So, um, yeah, I think I'm all for it. I definitely <laughs> think that you know, you know, there's um, there's value for the industry um, that tea clubs provide and teaching um, their membership about the tea. So, um, if we can teach the the manager of the club about Japanese tea, and then they can teach their members, um, then we will be able to promote Japanese tea a lot a lot better. Mm. Well, then I, I guess that's all. Okay. For now, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and review some of your teas and <laughs> keep spreading the word about Japanese teas. Thank you very and, much. And I'm really thankful that that you agreed to do this interview and and I wish you the best with Unomias. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Okay, yeah. So, see you around. All right. Let me know if you have any questions. Thanks. Okay. Goodbye. Great. This is the end of episode 2. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to be notified when a new episode is published, please subscribe to the newsletter. Thanks and have a nice day. Thanks for listening to My Japanese Green Tea Podcast at www.myjapanesegreentea.com.